FPL managers stunned as Man United score a penalty and Fulham miss one. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, this week we discuss Spurs or Man City, one is in form and one has the fixtures, but which one do we prefer? Are Liverpool still the most reliable team in FPL? And is it time for the Vardy party again? Welcome back listeners to episode 194 of the FPL Surgery podcast. My name's Rich and we're recording on Monday the 23rd of November. So the game week is not quite finished, we've still got I think Wolves against Southampton's just kicked off. Um, but we're going to go on anyway because there's a deadline on Friday. So, Josh, I mean, how's your week been? Yeah, good, good. Um, obviously, still in lockdown, but, um, you know, what, we're 10 days away now. So, um, yeah, all good. Possibly, hopefully. Yeah, no, I'm OK. Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Um, I watched quite a lot of football on, on Saturday, but haven't watched as much since then, mainly because my players weren't playing. Um, but um, we've got a couple of guests this week. We're fortunate enough to have two of them. And they co-host the FPL Wolf Pod each and every week. And now they're bringing you the Champman FPL live stream on Thursday evenings each and every week. So please welcome to the podcast, first of all, Andy, a.k.a. FPL Mode. Hello, Andy. Evening, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. And we've also got Luke with us as well, FPL Irons. Hello, mate. We had to get both of you on together because you rarely do anything apart. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're like uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. You live, you live in the same house, don't you? <laughs> no, we used to. We're not allowed to anymore because the lockdown's back. Oh, that's right. I've never seen either of you apart. Uh, I think we've had times apart, haven't we, Luke? Sometimes our thought... I mean, we do think quite similar, but sometimes it goes apart, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite strange, really, because we haven't ever met in real life, but uh, people seem to think we're some sort of a double act. Like Anton Deck. Yeah. <laughs> kind of along those lines. <laughs> yeah. No, that's like Anton Deck, actually. And you're yeah, on everyone's TV screen every 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 Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, we've already been yeah. enjoying that, actually. If, if you know anybody out there that's playing chat, man, yeah, we're doing that every Thursday night. We're really enjoying it at the moment. I think the last time I was uh, on a pod with you guys was... Um, when we're talking about Mark Baduka and Reed Van Nistelrooy, so it's nice to be talking about uh, FPL this time. Yeah, exactly. Not- they managed to <laughs> bring it back um, when lockdown two started as well. <laughs> okay, so if we quickly go over our game weeks now, I, I know the game weeks haven't completely finished yet, but we start we start with you, Andy. So how's your week going up till now? Yeah, really good, actually. Um, I made the decision not too long ago to ditch Calvert-Lewin from my team. Uh, and even though I don't have him, I'm still having quite a good week this week. So I'm on 72 at the moment with Kilman still to play, uh, which I'm quite happy with, to be honest. Uh, Conta managed to get me a goal. Robertson, I kept him and he obviously did well. And I captained Fernandez too. So with Son and Kamen and people like that in there as well, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy so far. Kind of, a, I think it's an 800k rise this, this week. So yeah, I'll take it every day. Brilliant. And what what about you, Luke? How how's your week going? Yeah, it's gone okay. I made the the, the classic move that everybody else made on Twitter, uh, Salah to Bruno, so that I could captain him. I didn't fancy anyone in, in my team as captain, despite having uh, DCL sitting there. And for a minus four, I got rid of Trent to play Aaron Creswell. I was going to be, I I would have been playing Lamptey. So I'm quite happy with the seven pointer over the minus one. Nice, very nice. Yeah, that was a very popular move, that Salah to, to Bruno to Bruno move. Um, not for some of us, though. Um, Josh, how, how was your game week? Yeah, um, not the best, really. So I uh, I had four flags going into uh, into the game week. So I had Trent, uh, Coleman, um, Salah and Antonio all flagged. So I got rid of 
Trent for Chilwell, Salah for Mane, and I got rid of Podence for Grealish. Stuck stuck with Antonio and benched Coleman, who was obviously out of this game week. Um, yeah, I could have gone for Bruno, but I went for Mane uh, instead. Um, just he's got a great record without Salah, as Salah has without Mane. Um, good record against Leicester. Obviously, um, they got the goals. He just didn't get involved in them, but he he looked great. He, you know, six six yeah six goal attempts and. Um, just a bit of an unlucky one, really. Um, in terms of the week, so I'm on uh, 54 minus 8, so 46, not the best week. Um, but team is looking a lot stronger moving forward now that I've taken that uh, uh, you know, big hit. And um, hopefully we can move into the festive period and uh, now start to uh, stay away from taking hits because I've taken far more than I normally do at this point this season. Yeah, I mean, it was no surprise to me that you got Mane because I know you're cheekily after that that poster of him but Luke and Andy I know you mentioned you got Bruno and it's probably more for the end of the show when we go through our transfers but was Bruno a long-term a long-term move or, or a short-term move I mean if we go to you first Luke definitely going to be three game weeks and I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye on how he's playing but um Salah hmm. probably is coming back in game week 12 I think before before they play Fulham so it, it two three game weeks but so me- medium term then yeah, he's he, he did well. He did well short term, so it's completely fine by me. Yeah, he did. He did. And what what about you, Andy? Uh, well, actually, I was in the position where I already own Rashford, and I brought Fernandez in for Bruno. Uh, sorry, I brought uh, Fernandez in for Salah, and I really wanted to attack that West Brom game. And I love Fernandez anyway. I think he's such a good FPL asset. I know you know you're not a massive fan because of all the penalties he gets, and <laughs> you you don't think he's kind of you know got that essential tag, but. I absolutely love seeing him in my team. So he's probably going to be in there in the long term. And then Rashford will eventually be sold for Salah probably in two weeks time, probably ready for that Fulham game. So for me, Fernandez is staying, but I'll be lucky enough to have De Bruyne, Fernandez and Salah, hopefully in a couple of weeks time. So yeah, Fernandez will be there for a little bit yet. Yeah, no, I'm fair, fair play for getting him. I think you nailed it there where you said that I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of him. And I think the reason I didn't get him is because I wouldn't want to keep him long term. It would have just been one of those moves where I got him in, captained him, and then move straight off. And I mean, obviously, in hindsight, that would have been the right thing to do. Um, I mean, just on my game week, I'm on 53 points, but I did a minus four. I removed um, I removed Salah for De Bruyne, who I captained, and I feel quite unlucky there. I mean, Jesus did everything he could to make De Bruyne blank. I think De Bruyne was quite unlucky to blank there. But the minus four actually got Jota in, who obviously scored and his price has gone up already. So I'm, I'm happy with getting Jota in. I'm I'm happy with De Bruyne for the long term. That's why I went with De Bruyne over Bruno because of these upcoming game weeks. I just I guess I just wish I'd captain Jota or Chilwell, who were the ones I was looking at if I didn't go De Bruyne. And maybe I got distracted by that shiny new toy of De Bruyne. If you want to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, Ron Frosk, Ross from FPL Merch and Darren Ben are pledging at the very highest tier so they get this extra special mention each and every week. So thank you to all of our patrons. Now we're going to go to Alan, FPL Diagnosis, and he's going to go through some stats for the game week and then we'll go straight on to those headlines. 
Hi guys, it's Alan back with some stats from game week 9 minus the Monday games. This was a game week which saw Leeds play out a 0-0 draw with 10 men Arsenal in a game where Leeds racked up a combined XG of 2.01 without scoring. Patrick Bamford notably leaves the game with a blank and 0.9 XG to his name as a poor consolation prize to his owners. Spurs beat Man City 2-0, where they, in typical Mourinho fashion, lost the XG battle 0.68 to 2.07. Not surprising to see Man City being near the top for shots this game week with 22, although only five were on target. Man City also created the most chances of the game week with 19. Second for chances created on 18 was Liverpool, who convincingly beat Leicester 3-0 with the XG setting the score at 4.35 v 1.65. And Liverpool are maybe cashing in on some bad luck in the variance lottery there, much to the benefit of patient owners of Andy Robertson who have waited a long time for that clean sheet. Another team who finally had a piece of luck was Brighton, who beat Aston Villa 2-1, despite the XG numbers saying it should have finished 2.17 v 1.42 in Villa's favour. They beat Villa no thanks to Neil Mopé, who blanks again, despite an XG of 0.7. It was in fact Solly March's effort from an XG of 0.06 that got Brighton their win. Solly is this game week's biggest overachiever. Main culprit of Villa's loss is perhaps their midfielder Trezeguet, who failed to score despite an XG total of 1.12, and he is this week's biggest underachiever. But he is followed closely by Roberto Firmino, who, although having scored once, did actually rack up enough chances for a combined XG of 2.02, maybe feeling the pressure from Jota, perhaps. Firmino makes an appearance at the top for shots this game week with six and two on target. He shares top spot with colleague Sadio Mane, who also had six, but with three on target. We can conclude that Mane's chances were nowhere near of the same quality, though, as he leaves the game week with a total XG of 0.6. And it was all Liverpool when it comes down to shots, as we can see. Jota comes in at second with five and three on target. Dominic Calvert-Lewin also makes an appearance here with three on target, scoring twice from a total XG of 1.22 and making an appearance in the overachiever charts as well. Bruno Fernandes is a mainstay of this little section of the pod. He tops the charts once more for chances created with six. He's also second for touches in the opponent's half with 72, Mason Mount topping that chart with 76. We also note that in the top five for chances created this game week, we find two defenders. One is James Milner, not an FPL option, with five. The other is Joao Cancelo, very much an FPL option, with four. That's about it for the stats this game week. Back to you, Rich. Thank you, Alan. And yeah, just like Alan said, that probably doesn't include the Monday night games um, that are being played as we record. So we go back to the headlines. Now, our first headline, we're talking about Spurs and we're talking about Man City as well. Um, Obviously, Spurs don't have the best upcoming fixtures, but they're in amazing form. And then City haven't been in the best form, but they've got, I mean, some of the best fixtures, 
you know, we'll see this season um, for a team with that much potential. So we've got a question on the Slack from Espen Frostad. What do you do with the double spares? So Kane and Son and how many CSC assets do you really need? Alan, who's saying after watching Saturday's game, who would you pick if you're only keeping one of Kane and Son? And Skyplayer in FPL, what to do with Phil Foden giving City's fixture run? So I think we'll start with Spurs. Um, I mean, Luke, if we go to you first of all, um, what, what are you doing with Spurs assets? I mean, which Spurs assets do you have and what's your plan? Yeah, so for me, I only own Son and I'm, I'm quite happy to keep him. I think that the, the way that Spurs play and the goal that we saw him score against Manchester City, he's going to get chances in behind against these these good good sides. For me, though, the one that I'd want the most, if I owned both, would be Harry Kane. I think he's he's in spectacular form, and I think he's probably right now, based on form, the best footballer in the world. And I, I don't think that can be disputed. He's got seven goals, nine assists. He is the complete footballer. And yeah. for me, if I owned both, he'd be the one that I'd want to keep. And I think it doesn't really matter who he's playing. He, he got an assist the other day against Manchester City. He's got some tough games coming up, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if he hauled against the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, etc. He's he's just that good. It's just that captaincy, isn't it? I mean, mm. for 11 million, you I mean, you could captain him, but I think there's just so many premium assets who have amazing fixtures. But I mean, I'm a massive fan of Harry Kane myself, so maybe I'm a bit biased. I mean, Andy, what are you thinking? Have you, you've got both of them, have you? I have, yeah. I've got I've got Kane and Son, and I always keep looking at it and thinking Son is the one I would move on. And it's not anything to do with the fact he's in great form or or I'm looking at other people. It's just that that double up with those fixtures, especially with them playing Chelsea next, and a lot of people having those Chelsea defenders. Kane's the player I watch, and I just think he is just in supreme form right now. And you and you watch him play. I mean, he was toying with Man City at the weekend, literally toying with them and running running them rings round him. To be honest. And you just think you've got to have a player like that in your team. And Son, I, I don't actually feel like Son's been in that great a form recently. You know, he he has played well. He has he has he did score against Man City. But when you watch them with the eye test, I I do think Kane's the one to own out of the two of them. If you were going to want if you were going to ditch one of them, the other thing I probably say is as well that Son there's a lot of options in midfield. You know, you look at some of those players, even if you downgraded or, or went for players that are around his price you could get equally just as good value for someone like Son. Whereas Kane, I really don't feel like, unless you're downgrading a lot to someone like Calvert-Lewin, I don't feel like there's anybody around his price that would be a good option, if that makes sense. Maybe Aguero, but even then he does. He looks like he's going to be settled in a little longer as well. So I feel like out of the two of them, Kane is the one I would definitely want to keep. And what about you, Josh? I mean, you've just got Kane. So I think we've got a broad, broad spectrum of people here. You've just got Kane and you dislike Son, is that right? No, I love Son normally. Oh, I just you? think this season is... You were slagging him off the other week. <laughs> yeah, normally, um, yeah, I think Son's fantastic and he's, he's been even better than normal this season, hasn't he? I'm just, you know, looking at stats really and and um, really he was very much outperforming his stats. We saw a bit of, of regression, obviously, in that he blanked against Brighton and West Brom. He obviously picked up a goal again this week. Um, I think he's going to do it all season now. I really do, son. Um, I think the simple thing is that the way that Spurs play with Kane dropping deep and son running in behind, you know, he's going to be the main one doing that. It's clear to see that Bale's not quite there yet in terms of being regular. 
uh, starter in, in in the Premier League. You know, he's playing more games in Europe at the moment. Um, so I think, yeah, he probably will absolutely smash his XG uh, statistics this season and, and continue with those sorts of goals um, regularly and be up there come the end of the season. Um, obviously, yeah, I don't own him. No plans to, uh, particularly at the moment with their run of fixtures. So, yeah, just down to Kane, really. Um, yeah, it's just about timing, really. I think, you know, like Andy just said, I think, you know, Aguero and Jesus, I'm not really sure it's the right time for Aguero yet. It's He's, he's not fully fit. Um, I don't really like owning, you know, either of them when, when both of them are fit. Um, so I think definitely give it at least another week until it's Aguero time, really. Um, and so therefore Vardy's the, the only real replacement at the moment uh, that, that, that obviously has got a fantastic fixture this week. Yeah, well, we'll come back to Vardy on our, on our third headline, but let's move on quickly to, to Man City then. Um, I mean, Luke, what do you think about the City assets, for example? I mean, do you prefer them to the Spurs assets? Uh, based on form, definitely not. You know, City mm. are sitting 13th in the league with negative goal difference and, and I'm looking to pile on. I want... 28.5 million worth of their assets in my team next game week. I, I'm, I'm looking to to own Sterling, De Bruyne and potentially Diaz. Um, it's, it's, it's very, very strange. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever based on what I'm watching <laughs> week in, week out. They've, they've been really, really woeful and I, I can't see it improving. But I, just in case they do what we know they can do, I'm bringing them in and I'm, I'm hoping everything I've seen with my eyes is wrong and they're going to you know, put put on a show and, and win six or seven nil, which we know they are capable of. It's a big yeah. gamble though. It's it's what I've been personally waiting for since what game week two or yeah. no, sorry, game week three when a wild card. I guess a lot of us have been waiting for that. Yeah. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is looking at, you know, previous games against these teams. So I mean Burnley in the in the last few games they won three nil in the FA Cup, five nil in the Premier League, four one in the Premier League. There's been a one nil, a five nil, another five nil. I mean, they destroy Burnley. That's the game this week. Then after that, they've got Fulham, who that again, they just destroy all the time. 4-0, It's the same with West Brom. They score, you know, two or three goals, four goals, you know, every every single game. So, I mean, Luke, do you think there's, you know, David Silva leaving has changed how City play or... Yeah, definitely. I think they 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 massively lack that creativity. You know, it's it's a it's a lot easier to play Manchester City when you know everything is going through Kevin De Bruyne. I th- I think they desperately need Phil Foden back in that team. I, I prefer Man City when they're only playing one holding midfielder, Rodrigo sitting in behind De Bruyne and Foden. There's so much creativity. You know, put put two wingers out there and get Jesus or Aguero up top. Get the wingers uh, get the fullbacks bombing on. And, and attack. You've got so much talent there. Let Just go out there and attack. There's no need to play Rodrigo and, and Gundogan. Just go out there and play some some proper football. And I, I can see them scoring goals. We just It just doesn't seem to be materialising at the moment. Obviously, they're doing very well with their XG, etc. But the, the finishing just isn't quite there. So hopefully, with Aguero back in the team soon or, or Jesus picking up a bit of form, hopefully... It, it could it, we could get to see the city that we we know and love from an FPL point of view. I'm sure there's a lot of managers hoping that Foden comes back in, uh, and there seems yeah. to be a lot of Villa fans, uh, not Villa fans. There seems to be a lot of City fans on social media hoping that Mares gets dropped. Um, I mean, if we come to you, Andy, wh- what are you thinking with Man City? Well, funny enough, I know we we have chats quite a lot, don't we? And I know that you've got that triple up, and 
I, I started thinking about it a lot. I, I had Foden a couple of weeks ago and I, and I ditched him in the end because I just got fed up of, of looking at him on the team sheet and always seeing him on the bench. And I, you know, I just can't handle that. I'd rather I've ended up getting rid of him for Barkley. And <laughs> it's just been nice having Barkley been able to play, even though he's injured now. But mm. I'm I, I'm most likely going to be making the move to get De Bruyne this this week. Even though I'm looking at this City team and I'm thinking they just do not look the same. They, they, the eye test, when you look at it, everything just doesn't seem to be working with them. I think Calvert-Lewin scored more goals than the whole City team this year. And <laughs> But when you look at someone like De Bruyne, he reminds me so much of Bruno Fernandes at United now, where he is the complete driving force in the middle of that field and everything seems to be going through him. So I'm more than happy to own De Bruyne with those lovely fixtures against Burnley and Fulham both at home. And even against Man United, to be honest. But I just feel like that with that triple up, with everything we're seeing, although we're looking at those historical results that they've got, mm. this doesn't look to be the same City team. And although they they probably will win those next two fixtures, you know, we, we'd be very surprised if they didn't. I've got to go based on what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing at the moment is not filling me with confidence. So to to ruin my team to try and get a double up or a triple up in midfield, I, I, I wouldn't be very happy doing it. The only thing I would say is, it's, those people that are thinking about getting a City defender in, I do think that could be quite a shrewd move moving forward. Someone like Diaz or Cancelo, I think could be quite good. If you had a defender and a midfielder, I think that would see you quite well through the next couple of weeks. It's, it's funny you mentioned the historic results because I don't normally believe in them. So I've just brought this out and maybe because I'm on a triple up, I'm just absolutely desperate that, that City yeah. are going to return to their old ways. So I'm just pulling these numbers, you know, out of somewhere. Um, but Josh, what, I mean, what are you thinking with, with City? Obviously, you've got Mane at the moment, for example. Was he just a one week punt or are you looking at moving him straight onto a City City midfielder? I'm not sure, really, <laughs> if he'd have returned well. <laughs> And Hall will probably be saying, yeah, no, I'm keeping him. But um, I don't know. I mean, I can move him to, you know, back to Salah. I could move him to Sterling. But then again, I could leave that third spot to go from Kane to Aguero, potentially. So I'm not sure, really. I kind of like the idea, really, of going into the Burnley game with the two I've got, De Bruyne and Foden. Um, and leaving the third spot open for the Fulham game, looking at the Burnley game as a bit of a, a sort of watch um, and see where we're at after we've got obviously Champions League this week, then Burnley, then another Champions League game. So three games before the Fulham game, see where we're at in terms of how they're playing, fitness, rotation, and then use that uh, move um, before the Fulham game rather than before the Burnley game. I do think they'll beat Burnley, yeah. I don't think it'll be like what we've seen in the past. Um, I think they're just not flowing like they have done. I think it's obviously it's helped now that they've got a striker, uh, record, you know, recognised striker back um, starting in the team, whether it be Jesus or Aguero. But I don't feel like they're flowing. And I think, yes, one thing is, is, big, is, is, is David Silva not being there. But the other thing is, like, Rodri, a lot of the time the ball starts with, you know, or, or the ball, the attack starts with Rodri, um, you know, whether it be intercepting play or whatever. And he's just not got the same level of speed compared to someone like Fernandinho. And I just feel like the whole, the whole way that they played with Fernandinho and David Silva over the years 
they were two massive parts of that team and how quick that attack was. And I just feel like they're not, they're not, you know, working at the same speed these days. I can't see them beating a team five, six, seven nil. Whereas we could see that happening quite regularly in seasons gone by. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I mean, I think, it happened. It happened in only June. The the Burnley game, the five nil against Burnley. That was that was June. Yeah, but that was obviously with with Davis Silver and uh, and 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 Fernandinho yeah. present. And I just I feel like both of them is it is David Silva, but I, th- I feel like Fernandinho is a big part as well. And I think that um, Pep prefers Rodri to Fernandinho because he knows that's the future of the team as well. But I do feel like it it, it impacts them as well. Every time I see Rodri play, I think he's really average. And I think from a from yeah right, he might intercept the ball. He might be, you know, quite big, good in the air. But actually, at getting that play going and pushing the ball and driving the 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 the, the team forward, you know, straight to De Bruyne or whoever it is that's starting the attack. I just think that they they lack that momentum at the moment. Um. So we'll. I think what we'll do to round this headline up. Um. So obviously the headline Spurs or City with their upcoming fixtures. So what I'll do is I'll go to each of you, and. Basically, would you move Son to either De Bruyne or Sterling? Um, so, Luke, I mean, would you would you make that move? You know, if you had the money in the bank, basically, would you rather have Son or would you rather have a City midfielder? I think I know the answer, but <laughs> yeah, I 100% would rather have Kevin De Bruyne than than any midfielder in the game, any player in the game. I think he's he's one of the best footballers in the league. So for me, he's enjoyable to watch, and he returns a lot of points, and is now on penalties. So. There's not there's not many better than him in the league, so I 100% would be moving from Son to Kevin De Bruyne. Would that apply to Sterling as well if you already had De Bruyne? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think I'd stick no. with Son purely for the form. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what about you, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously in a position where I'm gonna own both, which I'm feeling quite happy about. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would still make the move. I think the 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 fact they've got Burnley and Fulham both at home. I think the the chances of De Bruyne outscoring Son in the next couple of weeks is 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 quite high personally, even though Son's in great form. So yeah, I think I'd make the move. Yeah, that's that's that that ceiling, isn't it? And and what yeah. about you, Josh? Yeah, I'd do Son to De Bruyne, um, definitely. I think, but go easy on this first fixture of this great run. Um, <laughs> I think go you know, easy, go in <laughs> gently on Burnley. And then plough into the Fulham and West Brom games <laughs> if we see a little bit more of what we want to see against Burnley. I think I, th- I feel like this is a, a great fixture for them, yes. But it's 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 you know you shouldn't get burnt too much if you're not doubled or tripled up, for example. Whereas so let's let's you know have this one as a little bit more of a of a of a watch, you know, um, and 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 see where they're at um at home against weak weaker opposition and then if it is looking as promising as, as we hope then yes dive into it more for the home game against Fulham I feel I think the thing is as well is you've got to think about rotation um as well you know there is a chance that some of the bigger names sit out you know one of those games against Fulham and West Brom yeah I mean I guess we should say that you know there are Champions League games this week so obviously stuff could change couldn't it in the time in the time that we record and release this podcast but yeah I mean I'm already tripled up on Man City midfielders I've got De Bruyne, Sterling and Foden Um, so I mean that's my answer really I you know I just dived head in and 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so we'll move on to our second headline. So are Liverpool still the most reliable team in FPL? We've got a question on Slack from Alex Ball. If Salah is back, do we prioritise him over a City mid? So obviously a lot of us, I mean, all of us, you know, all four of us removed Salah. And now a lot of people are considering how to get him back. Obviously their next game is Brighton away. Um, so if we go to you, Andy, what are you thinking with, with Salah? Are they the most reliable, you know, are Liverpool the most reliable team? And are you looking at getting Salah back quickly? I, to be honest, I, I do think they're the most reliable team. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago on our pod, actually, that they, they're so efficient with how they get results. I know they've been struggling a little bit with clean sheets recently, but if you just look at this week against Leicester, a lot, there were quite a few people out there that captained Vardy against Liverpool at Anfield. And you just think it's absolutely mad. They, they've won something. I can't remember how many games it is in a row now they've won. Is it almost 50 at I home? It was near a 60. I think. Is it 60? Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Which you yeah. just think how, how how you can ever think that a team like Liverpool is not efficient when they've won that many goals, uh, when they've won that many games at home in a row is just ridiculous. And I've, I've kept Robertson uh, and obviously he, he did quite well this week. Salah, I do think, as soon as he comes back in, especially with those penalties, penalty takers are so important this year. And I feel like getting somebody like him back in is very important to make your team tick again. I mean, I'm I'm straight away thinking, how am I going to get Salah back into my team? And unfortunately, it's probably going to be Son that has to go. But I would feel much better having Salah in my team than Son because Salah is is proved for the last three years. like He, he is just so, so good as an FPL asset. So, yeah, I, I do feel like they're one of the most efficient teams in the league still. Um, even when they've got a few of their key pieces missing, Klopp seems to still make, keep making it work. And you think they've, they've lost how many in their back line and they still kept a clean sheet against Leicester? I wouldn't be worried owning Liverpool assets. And I think the more people that jump off them, the happier you can probably be owning them because they become differentials again. I think the fact you're using the word efficient, that's normally what worries me with Liverpool from the attacking point of view, because a lot of the time in, in previous seasons, they you know they go 1-0 up, 2-0 up, and then they don't do what City were doing and win 5 or 6-0. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think that's fair? Do you think that would change? No, I think you're right. I know, I know that's why you've always... Um you've always preferred the Man City players because they do have that tendency of, of winning five and six rather than Liverpool winning two or three. I, I almost feel like because they they won the league last year, that we've got to win 1-0, we've got to win 2-0, we've got to get the wins, might have gone a little bit. And mm. and especially with their defence acting now, you know, well, just being non-existent because of, uh, because of what's happened, I was wondering whether they'd go a bit more kind of heavy metal and actually try and attack a bit more because they knew they were going to concede goals. I mean, that Leicester result is brilliant, really. You know, Leicester were pretty much full strength and they still managed to come out 3-0 winners. I do feel like there's a bit of a transition happening. I, I do feel that their wing backs are starting to have to change because people are starting to figure them out. I do feel that Jota's now coming in and he is playing incredibly well and people are starting to really criticise Bobby Firmino as well. So I do feel there's a bit of a change at Liverpool happening and maybe it's being forced to happen as well because of all their injuries. But yeah, I do feel like actually they might start scoring a few more goals in the next couple of weeks because they almost might be forced to. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, Firmino's XG was what 2.23 in that game. I mean, he had some glorious chances and then he scored the hardest of them all, that header. It looked a lot more difficult than some of the other ones he had. Um, but if, if we go to you then, um, Luke, um, what, do you, what do you think about Liverpool? I'm in a similar boat to what Josh was mentioning earlier with regards to Manchester City. I'm, I'm quite enjoying the fact that I now own absolutely no Liverpool players, which is probably a first for me. And I'm going into this uh, Brighton and Wolves fixture 
and kind of with a clean slate, I'm I'm open-minded and I'm I'm going to go in and see how Liverpool play, what formation they play, what what the system looks like. If if they're going into these games with a four-two-three-one with Firmino in behind Jota and Mane and Salah out wide, it it kind of it like Andy says, it's going to be heavy metal football where they're going to be winning games three-two, four-three as opposed to the one nils they were getting last year. And if they are setting up like that being able to with two transfers before Fulham in game week 12 being able to bring in Robertson Salah and Jota quite easily that that would be great but you know I, I I'm not too worried about not owning Liverpool against Brighton away and and Wolves I think neither of those are push pushovers they're good defensively I can't see massive hauls coming but I, I will enjoy watching them and, and deciding who to bring in my, my hope is that Robertson continues to bomb on and looks as good as he did yesterday because I th- I thought he was absolutely fantastic and a player that all of us probably should own. And again, I, I want to see how how Salah and and Jota look in this four two three one. I I I see Curtis Jones probably losing his spot and Firmino dropping in and Jota up front. Six point six million midfielder. It's it's a cheat code, isn't it? Unfortunately, and if he does nail down that spot, we're all going to own him and it'll. It's, it'll be one of those boring picks that you have to have, otherwise you're going to lose points. Yeah, he, I mean, his price went up. I mean, during the game, I watched it on the price change websites. You know, his his price yeah. was like, it, it hit, went over the threshold during the game before the whistle had even gone. So yeah. is Jota one that's on your radar? Yeah, definitely. I, I think he, he, he kind of has to be, doesn't he? Uh, at, that, at that price, even if he's starting every other game for Liverpool up front, and he's a, he's a, he's a finisher. He isn't like Firmino. Um, you know, I could, I could, do a two-hour podcast about my thoughts on Firmino, but <laughs> Jota is an unbelievable finisher and he will score goals if, if given the opportunity, as he's proven. And I can't see him I can't see him losing his spot. You know, uh, Klopp's had to deal with a striker that can't put the ball in the net and now all of a sudden he's got this this guy that cannot stop scoring. And I, I don't see how he loses his, his spot playing like this. And for 6.6 million... It's not the sort of thing we, we normally get in FPL, is it? They normally massively over overinflate every single Liverpool player. This year, 6.6 million, it's it's in essence like last year's Lundstrom, isn't it? You just have to own him and, and just stick him in your team, set and forget. I agree. And I think it's a bit disrespectful to Jota to even compare him to, to Foden. I know they're the same price, but you know, yeah. Jota, yeah, he's a clinical finisher um, and he's actually playing games. <laughs> so, I mean, Josh, what, what are you thinking about Liverpool? In terms of their formation, you think if they do start to roll out those four attackers every game, I think personally it will be Salah that will play at the top, um, Mane on the left, uh, Josh on the right, and Firmino I guess in the in the ten role. But you know they're all they're all gonna apart from probably Firmino <laughs> going to be scoring you know very well from an FPL perspective. Um, I think yes, Yotta could be fantastic value. I think for me, with him, I'm probably going to look at him potentially swapping Foden for him after the next two. Um, and um, that will be ahead of that Fulham game. And then I'll have a, a double up for that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're great. I think, you know, in, in a funny kind of way from a clean sheet perspective, good good for those that held uh, Robertson um, got their points yesterday and obviously an assist and, and, and the bonus, three bonus. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, they, they are, in terms of the question that we're asking ourselves, they are the most reliable team in FPL. They have been for a while now. And I think the difference between them and City and always the big difference that we don't really talk about 
um, as much is 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 that they don't rotate in as much as City, and that's where you know they are a lot more reliable because we know pretty much that team sheet most weeks. Obviously, it's a bit different at the yeah. moment with their injuries, but we know that that they we know who's going to start for them. We know the front three apart until Yotta's come along has been the same front three for the last few seasons. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's a big part of it. I think opinion. like. I think like Luke touched on that Liverpool are normally at sky high prices. I think part of the reason for that is because they play basically every game. I mean, even Firmino, they, they bumped him up, didn't they? To what was he? 9.5 million um, or or kept him at the same price that he was last season, which seems very, very expensive. So I just think Jota seems like an absolute gift. And the reason I got him in myself was I just thought he covers quite a nice stretch of fixtures for Liverpool while Salah's out. Because obviously I was expecting Salah to miss more than more than the one game. Um, yeah, I think Jota's an absolute bargain. And like I said, Foden, I don't think you can even compare the two. Apart from being the same price, I think Jota's, yeah, it's a completely different level. And I mean, really, he could end up being a player that's worth, you know, 10 million plus if he nails down a spot, you know, within that team. But if we move on now to our third headline... So our third headline is, is it time for a Vardy party? Um, now, I guess we have to carry out that with he did limp off the field the other day, but we're going to assume that's nothing bad. It's just maybe a bit of old age. Um, so he's got some amazing fixtures coming up. Leicester have got Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, and then Bryson at home as well. Um, so we've got a question from on Twitter from KVIG FPL, who's saying Kane to Vardy captain. Um, so if we go to you, Andy, um, would you would you make that move, for example? What's your thoughts on on Vardy? I I really wanted to make that move myself, if I'm <laughs> honest, and I, I really thought about it. And I've actually got the funds because I I can't remember how I got the funds. Any oh, it's Salah because uh, I, I got rid of Salah. I, I had enough funds to maybe go Wilson to Vardy, and I really thought about it. But I'm just looking at at Fulham, Sheffield United, Brighton, and I know Fulham aren't great, but Sheffield United and Brighton are. Uh, defenses that that do like to sit back and and I, I just don't know whether it's it's the right fixtures for Vardy. I I do think Fulham. I think I think he'll probably score a goal, unfortunately. But for me, I think it ruins my team a little bit, and I don't like the idea of having of having Vardy up top because I just, I, just personally, I, I just don't, I just don't like it in the long term. I feel like I'd be getting him in and then I'd be looking at him after a, you know, a week or two and thinking, oh, I don't really like the look of him and my team and I'd be wanting someone like Kane back if I was going to sell him for him. So for me, I'm going to try my hardest to ignore him for the next week or two. And if he does, who I'll just think, oh, well, he's, he's done it. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to try, try my hardest to ignore him and hope he doesn't do anything against Fulham. But I've got a horrible feeling he is going to get a return. If you were on a free hit, for example, would you want... I, I, I know... People won't be on a free hit this week. Um, but would you want to captain Vardy over anyone else? I think so. Unfortunately, yeah. I think so that's why you're got, torn. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got he's got the best fixture. You know, he's home against Fulham. I think it would be between three of them for me in terms of who would be captain. It would be either Vardy and I think he'd be front runner. I think De Bruyne against Burnley at home. I think you can't ignore. Um, but also for me, I think I think Bruno away to Southampton. Bruno's away form is incredible at the moment. And obviously he's got Southampton that like playing that high uh, back line. The other thing that is interesting to say about Vardy, he has not actually been that good at home. It's his away games that he's hoarded and he's done very well in. So, you know, Fulham do like conceding a penalty, don't get me wrong. And obviously Vardy will be on them, but Vardy hasn't had that great a form at home. So 
it, it would be interesting. I think if you're going to get him in, you've got to captain him. But I, for me, I'm I'm looking elsewhere, which is probably going to hurt me this weekend. Yeah, I think the difference to last week with Bruno is there's obviously there's so many different captain options. I mean, me not going Bruno last week, it was very hard to find a captain. And that's why I was looking at players like Chilwell and Jota and obviously De Bruyne, who ended up going for, because there wasn't a, a big selection. But I feel like there's, yeah, seven, eight, nine very, very good captains this week that we can go for. So and I'll just say about that away form as well. I mean, I think a lot of those away goals have been have been penalties. So it's been heavily reliant on those. Um, yeah. I mean, Luke, is Vardy someone that you're looking at? I mean, would you would you move Kane to Vardy if you had Kane? Uh, if if I had Kane, I certainly wouldn't be moving to Vardy. I think um, potentially the people moving to Vardy, this may well be somewhat recency bias based on the fact that we all took the punt on Bruno, and you know that the, the the punt to bring in a captain with a good fixture worked this time, and people are looking at Vardy at home to Fulham thinking happy days he's going to get two maybe three but that's just, it's just not the way that the, the league's working at the moment is it you it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Vardy blanked especially if he doesn't get a penalty um Fulham looked absolutely dreadful against Everton of course but if you're bringing in Vardy and you're thinking to yourself I'd captain him in two of the next five two of the next four then yeah feel feel free it, it probably is a, a good move if you're never going to captain him because you'd rather captain De Bruyne against Burnley or, or Salah against Fulham, for example. I, I don't see the point in, in wasting money on, on somebody that's, as you say, very, very reliant on penalties, more so than probably anyone else. He, he's, he's scored very few goals from open play this season. Yeah, and, and what do you think, Josh? Obviously, you, I think you made this topic. <laughs> Is Vardy someone you, you've got your eye on? I just think it's something that we need to acknowledge because I think it's going to be a very popular move this week. Um, for me, it's it's down to really everyone can only really probably have three premium players in their team. And by premium, I mean sort of 10 plus. Um, so discount some from that, I'd say. Um, and I think the question that you really need to ask yourself is if you're going to have three premium players in your team of the likes of, you know, Salah, KDB, Sterling, Bruno, Kane, etc., is one of them going to be a Leicester player? And that, for me, I agree with what Andy said in that you'd bring him in and five minutes later or a couple of game weeks later, you'd be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not, I'm not feeling that, you know, that's the best use of my of that spot or this the money. And I feel like there'd be an, an overriding pressure on this one week at home against Fulham. And um, I also agree that the, the, the fixtures coming up are, are good, but they are against defences that are, are decent in Sheffield United, Brighton. And then after that, they've got Everton, who aren't looking great defensively, defensively but by then I think with Ancelotti in charge they'll probably have improved um, I think that's something that he's definitely focusing on at the moment I think also the other thing is 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 the, the reliance on penalties has he had that luck you know so much already this season that it's almost like mm, am I am I jumping on board at the wrong time so just some some stats on him quickly in terms of um, amongst all players in terms of non-penalty xg um, he's actually 11th of all players, um, whereas XG, he's first. And that is purely because he's had six penalties, scored five of them. 
Um, and of his 13 big chances that he's had uh, in the league so far, uh, six of them have been penalties. So he still had a decent amount of big chances, so seven, but it's, it's nowhere near the likes of some players, you know, even Bamford and Calvert-Lewin are, are way ahead of that in terms of big chances. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a great, you know, if you've got him, yeah, definitely captain him. But bringing him in for Kane, I'm not sure about it. I think the thing is, is with Kane, is is there's a couple of game weeks coming up. Um, there's actually three, really. Game week 14, home to Leicester. I think it's a really nice uh, fixture for him when there's teams that haven't got great fixtures. Um, and then 16 and 17, back-to-back, home to Fulham, home to Leicester. I think I'm only going to get rid of our, get rid of Kane, and then four weeks later I'll bring um, bring him straight back in, yeah. and it's it's it doesn't it's, save it's, much money, does it either? I mean, if someone's had him for a while, you save like 0.7, so 10.8 selling value. Vardy's 10.1. Yeah, you're going to lose the value. Most people got him at 10.5, well, 10.6, really. So I just think it's know. quite it's quite a big downgrade to down in my opinion anyway to downgrade Kane to Vardy and you're only saving 0.7 million and you could save that doing Zuma down to Soufal or some you know some very minor move mm. um I just don't think it's a big enough so downgrade. yeah for, for me I think great great for this week and you know I'm sure we'll all be sat there at uh what is it five uh five thirty on Monday thinking oh here we go you know and he's gonna and he's gonna bag a brace or a hat trick and if he does you know, crack on. But after that week, I think we're done. We can move on. And he's got a couple of tougher fixtures against Sheffield United and Brighton. And and as um, and as was said um, earlier, you know, he has scored most of his goals away from home and three of the next four are at home. So let's hope there's some, you know, buses parked a little bit more and Leicester struggle to break them down. Just quickly, by the way, do you not look at that Kane fixture next week and think that you know, home against Arsenal. He absolutely loves playing against Arsenal. You're just going to regret selling Kane straight away, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, I'd I'd feel exactly the same. I mean, I guess a lot of people are worried because then we're not going to captain Kane, are we? But I mean, do we need to? I mean, we wouldn't captain Vardy every week, um, and it's, it's only 0.7 difference. Yeah, and the thing is, you you know, when you've got three big hitters, you can only captain one of them each week. So there is going to likely be a period where, as a big hitter in, you know, a premium player in your team that sits there and it doesn't get the captaincy for a, a few weeks. Um, I think the other thing that I mentioned on the pod last week was um, was Kane over Christmas. Like, he's he's the king over the festive period. He always has been, even... even um, the last couple of seasons when he's not been peak Harry Kane, he still scores goals over the festive period. You know he's going to get 90 minutes every game. Um, and I know obviously Vardy will too, or he'll you know probably start every game. But still, I just think that Kane over that period is, is something that in this current form, how good Spurs are playing is something that's probably a bit bit silly to give up or if you do give it up you're going to want to get it straight back in in a, in a few game weeks time didn't he have a, a new year's double game week i think it was on new year's day once and he he actually completely blanks because i think that's the only deadline i've ever missed in six or seven years of oh sorry in eight years of playing fpl and i actually managed to avoid triple captain in them when he got one point or two points or have i just made that up completely no i remember yeah he was he was um you're right. He was. Uh, it was definitely in January, and uh, he was. I think it was um, New Year's Day. I think I had a few too many. He was a little bit. See, was he a little bit ill? As in, like, it wasn't an injury. I think he had a bit of an illness. Oh yeah. And he, he came on. Not... He came on in the first game, 
Um, and right. he played 90 in the second game. I think it was at home to West Ham. And yeah, he um, he blanked both of them. And I actually triple captained him. So um, thanks for the reminder, Rich. That's all right, mate. That's right. <laughs> I, I was going to do that all along, didn't you? You'd gone through like my, you know, some random website where they'd <laughs> gone through all my season history and gone, I'll, I'll delve out these, you know, these old files. It was long before I knew you. I, I honestly didn't know that, but I'm glad I mentioned it now. I'm glad yeah, I mentioned it now. <laughs> um, so we, I think we'll go for the piss break now because we've got loads of questions. We'll have plenty of time to get through them all. The piss break is sponsored by FPL Merch. With the new site now live, use piss break, all one word, lowercase, for a special FPL surgery discount of 20% off. So that went live on Saturday. So all you need to do is go to fplmerch.com. And if you use that code PISSBREAK, you'll get 20% off. Welcome back, listeners. Um, so we're going to go straight into our community questions. So our first one, it's on the Slack channel from Xavier, who's saying Wilson, Watkins and Bamford have outperformed point wise every midfielder below the seven million price, pack, price tag. Are cheap forwards the way to go and maximise our budget? So if we start with you, Luke, what do you think about that question from Xavier? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that the best way to maximise your budget this year is, is to go for those, you know, six to seven and a half million strikers. There's a cesspit in the middle isn't there between that and probably Kane they're all pretty useless I think unless you're going the whole way up to Kane from someone like Calvert-Lewin or Wilson I'd, I'd be sticking you know in that in that Morpé, Wilson, Antonio, Watkins range and, and then the, the the value in midfield with your Ziyech's, Grealish, Son etc I think you go big in midfield potentially big at the back and then a cheap strikers is the way to go this year yeah, it's funny looking at the strikers actually, because once once you go down from like Vardy, Werner, Jesus, may, maybe there's a whole a weird little section of a load of strikers you probably wouldn't go for. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that, Andy? Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about would you potentially have three cheap strikers up front, and I don't think I'd ever do that because I I, I feel like you would be messing yourself up a little bit for future transfers if you, if you don't have that one premium up there but I was just toying with the idea of imagine if you played 3-4-3 and you had four quite good midfielders and then you had someone like Kane with you know Watkins and a Bamford next to him and I think that would be quite nice could you could you captain someone like Kane and then have just that constant flow of points from Watkins and Bamford I'm a bit worried with Wilson being in with there because I do feel like with the way Newcastle play at the moment he's being a bit blunted unfortunately but yeah, I, I, I do feel like they're such good value. And, and like they say, they're, they're much better than any any midfielders that are in that price range as well. I, personally, I think, yeah, I'd probably go with Kane and then one of the three, probably Bamford, if I'm honest, um, because you've got someone like Grealish and I wouldn't really want the double up. But yeah, I, I do completely see the value. So if anybody's going for him, yeah, yeah, fill your boots. Nice. And what, what do you reckon, Josh? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, they're, they're great value. And it's so nice that we've got a real plethora of, budget strikers to choose from because there's been seasons gone by that we've had barely any and if you look at you know stats um 
they're, they're right up there in terms of um, XG and sort of shots and whatnot. Um, and I think, you know, as well as if you pick some of them that are on penalties, so the likes of uh, Callum Wilson or Watkins, with the amount of penalties that are, uh, are going on this season, I think that that can, you know, be even more valuable. Um, and then I think it's really seems to be Bamford and Calvert-Lewin that are the sort of non-pen XG um you know, heroes at the moment that that they're actually miles ahead of anyone else. So Calvert Lewin's six point five um uh, non penalty XG, Bamford's six point four one, and then next is Kane with four point nine three. So yeah, DCL and Bamford are uh, miles ahead, which is um interesting. The interesting thing as well was, I mean, we know Watkins took a penalty, didn't he, a few weeks ago? Um, but when they got given the penalty that that VA or the referee overturned, Watkins was holding the ball. So I think it's pretty safe to say you've mentioned Watkins. I'd say he's pretty safely on penalties now. Um, but if we move on to our next question, so Vardy boys, and this question actually might relate to you, Andy, a little bit. So is it worth the switch from Rashford to Fernandez? God, yes. Like literally 100% yes. Yeah, I, I I can't believe I own Rashford, if I'm honest. I absolutely love him uh, as because I'm a United fan as and I person. absolutely love him as a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, as a fan, I absolutely love Rashford. But as an FPL asset now, he's been completely ruined by Fernandez coming in. Um, Fernandez has taken penalties away from him. And if you have a look at Rashford's stats from last year, it was heavily reliant on penalties. And, you know, United got a hell of a lot of penalties anyway before before Fernandez came in, he was obviously taking them all. And when you're watching Rashford play now, he is the unselfish captain that we that we need in that team. He's got a lot going on outside of football anyway. And I don't feel like he's somebody that you can trust with the armband. I don't feel like he's somebody you can trust to even return every week. He's I brought him in a couple of weeks ago and he was in supreme form, but it was all in Europe. And obviously he came on and got a hat trick in Europe as well. And I was thinking, this is brilliant. And he just, it just hasn't materialized. And even the the chance he got at the weekend, you know, it was a great save in the end, but he should be burying chances like that. And unfortunately, I think in this United team, it is just Fernandez you can trust. You know, the the rest of the team, it, it all just revolves around him. And I think that extra 1 million to go up to Fernandez is completely justified. Rashford, for me, I said at the beginning of the year I wouldn't own him. I brought him in because I couldn't spend that extra one million. And all I did the whole time was just wish I had Fernandez. So I've rectified that now and got Fernandez, and I will not be looking back. Brilliant. And what, what do you think, Luke? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Andy. Everything that Manchester United do goes through Bruno Fernandez, and he shoots on sight, doesn't he? And, you know, any, any one of those shots can get a deflection, it could go in, or he could hit a worldie. And he's on he's on penalties, free kicks and half the corners. If Man United play badly like they did at the weekend, he still had four shots, created six chances. It doesn't really matter how badly Man United play, play he can still get a return. And I think that's that's the bonus of, of having a, a, a premium FPL asset. It doesn't matter sometimes how badly their team play. They can still get you a, an 11 point return like Fernandez did. And Rashford, I don't think, has that ceiling anymore, unfortunately. I'm going to turn this question on on Josh, but I'm going to change it slightly. Um, would you rather have Fernandez or Kane? Because they're Kane. same kind of price. Kane, yeah, I think um, again it comes back to the whole, you know, if you're going to have three premiums in your team. I said earlier, would you want one from Leicester? I'd also argue, would you want one from United? I know Bruno did great for all his 
you know, owners who captained him or even owned him um, the week just gone um, and the week before that as well. But I feel that United are just not where they were uh, tail end of last season. I think, you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago we were talking about whether Pochettino was going to replace Solskjaer. And I think while they're still under Solskjaer, I just don't think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. I still think that Fernandes will score points, yes. But if you're saying to me, who are the best three premiums to own in the game at the moment, I don't personally feel that he is one of them. I equally don't feel that he is someone that I would be wanting to captain um, regularly. I think he's very reliant on penalties for his points. Um, there's, you know, He will be up there come the end of the season, but... I personally still would favour City, Liverpool and Spurs as three premiums ahead of um, United ones. Brilliant. And we'll move on then. So our next question is from Paul H on Twitter. So he's asking, is Grealish still an option if Barkley out, is out for long? Um, so if we go to you, Luke, um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Grealish with Barkley out, for example? Um, well, interestingly, when I watched the other game, uh, the game the other day, Traore was the one that, that came on for for Barkley, and he he took a lot of the set pieces. So that that's a slight issue for for Grealish owners. He's he's not whipping the whipping the balls in from crossing areas, and that was where Aston Villa did score their goal at the weekend. Conte putting the ball in the back post. Um, but for me, I don't think it 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 affects him too much. If anything, they may well go slightly more defensive they may not play Traore in future they may go for someone like a a Horahan, uh, a Horahan potentially and go slightly more defensive which if anything just gives Grealish even more license to roam and a lot more freedom and to be honest I don't really think it matters too much who Aston Villa play at all Grealish again is in a similar vein to Bruno Fernandes is, is the talisman for Aston Villa and I think whoever plays with him Aston Villa were pretty poor last season and Grealish still got a lot of points so I think whoever plays Grealish is still an incredible FPL option it's just he's a talisman isn't he without without the penalties which I guess is a mm. is a bit unfortunate for those that own him um but I mean Andy what's what's your thoughts I mean you obviously you had you or you still have Barkley um yeah and you, you don't have Grealish I mean what are you thinking you know with that situation do you know what I, I've been thinking about Grealish a lot the last couple of weeks and I mean He's got he's got around 60 points this year already, but 40 of them have come in two games. And he is one of these players where he either hauls or he does nothing. Like literally, he had 24 points against Liverpool and he had 15 against Southampton. <laughs> and and apart from that, you know, he, he's only the rest of the games he's he's had an eight and the rest of them are, are twos and ones. And I feel like he is a fantastic option, but are we kind of overhyping him a little bit because we're all getting quite excited about him? And I, I do feel like. I, I mean, I say this, I, I was uh, overhyping him quite a lot at the beginning of the year and didn't get him and then he did quite well. But I do think Barkley was very, very important to this team. And I think he's going to be out for a couple of weeks by the by everything that I've seen online so far. And I do think he is a very, very important member of this team. I feel like he's almost like a Grealish Mark II in the way he plays sometimes. And he does t- send, tend to get forward in the last kind of 10, 20 minutes of the games, which is maybe where they're scoring some of their goals as well. And I... I worry that it might have a bit of an impact on this team. I do agree with what Luke said with the fact that, you know, Traore was the one that came on and he did take some of the, the set pieces away from Grealish as well. So I'm wondering whether we might start seeing a few more of those, that blanking Grealish and kind of reverting back to maybe what he was like before compared to this kind of 
you know, the halls that we've been seeing a little bit of this year as well. So, yeah, I would be worried about getting Grealish in in the next couple of weeks. I think you might have not missed the boat, but I, I won't be getting him in. I've got I've got a few more priorities in my team rather than getting Grealish in at the moment. Yeah, I was quite worried not having him last last week. And I, I think that's, that's changed. And the strange mm. thing with him is he's played, what, was it three seasons he played in the championship? I think it was three anyway. Um, but the, the most goals he's ever scored in a league season is eight. And the most assists he's ever had in a season is is seven. Um, it just, I mean, obviously he's he's well on his way towards that at the moment. I mean, he's on four goals already, four league goals, five assists, and he's playing incredibly. I mean, Josh, what what are you thinking with Grealish? I think he's just a really really good asset in terms of value, really, in terms of what he brings from a goal threat perspective, from a creativity perspective um he's a 90 minute man we're going into the festive period he's going to yeah. play every game so and he's he's playing for a team that that really are looking from a stats perspective as one of the the best teams in the league at the moment really and i, I do agree that that barkley is is a big cog in that machine but i still feel that you know grealish did very well last season, um, pretty much on his own. I mean, last season he got eight goals, seven assists, um, 149 FPL points. And I think, you know, he'll definitely be that this season. But I feel like, yeah, he can. He did it on his own then. And I still think with a fit John McGinn with him and, and Watkins, I still think he'll, he'll, he'll be good with the run of fixtures they've got. But I, I probably agree that maybe... Now with Barkley's injury, it might not be the time to buy. I think his time to buy was 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 last week. Um, but yeah, I, I expect him to to still return well, personally. Awesome. So we'll move on now. So we got a question from Khalifa on Twitter, who's saying, should I sell Saïs? So I think the answer there might be yes. Um, <laughs> but considering he's not played two matches and it's three tonight, and I think he's got COVID as well, who's the right player to take his place? So I guess we're just talking defenders in that kind of 5 to 5.5 range. Um, I mean, Luke, do you have any your, you've got your eye on? Yeah, I, th- I think the the obvious ones are, are potentially Reese James, and and but the one for me that, that I bought in this game week was was Aaron Creswell. I I think that the system that West Ham play now just suits him down to a team. Masuaku does his does his hard work. He's the one with the pace. He'll he'll cut it back, and Creswell then has time to deliver these fantastic crosses, which. We haven't seen from him for a, for a fair few years because he he did lose a yard of pace when he when he got injured pre-season I think three years ago, so now with, with the ability to to cross these balls in to, to players like Haller and Suchek and Antonio, I I can only see him getting eight to ten assists this season along with the fact that he's on corners and free kicks for us, um for five point one million in a David Moyes defence that's now kept four clean sheets in nine games. I, I think he'll be in a lot of teams within the next few game weeks. We've got two home games coming up against Aston Villa and Manchester United. It really wouldn't surprise me if we if we kept another one or two clean sheets in those games and he got a, a few attacking returns. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant value. So what's your list? Because I know you get asked a lot on Twitter for your favourite <laughs> West Ham defenders. Um, so what's your updated list? Because I think it was Soufal a couple of weeks ago so can we get the FPL Lions maybe top four defenders in order <laughs> yeah I, th- I think if, if money is no issue then Creswell is is clearly number one but mm-hmm. by far if, if you need the cheaper defenders then for me 
I think Soufal has a lot more quality as a footballer than Masuaku. I, I think somebody somebody that just watches the games would probably be, go for Masuaku because he gets into such good attacking areas, but his end product is is not the best. He kind of runs and dribbles and then just smashes the ball across the box without really an intended target, whereas Soufal's slightly more slightly more cultured with his crosses. And uh, and then I think if you want to go even cheaper, I think Balbuena might be 4.4. So... Yeah, for me, it would be uh, Creswell, then Soufal, Masuaku, and then Balbuena. Brilliant. Um, and Andy, did you have any yeah. defenders you're looking at at that kind of price point? Uh, well, I'm actually going to mention a defender I own. So I would take a little bit of a downgrade and get Konza into your team from Villa. I know a lot of people have Martinez, but actually I'm, I'm on a double up, Martinez and Konza. Konza's got goal threat. He, he does keep clean sheets. He tends to keep more clean sheets away from home, which is a bit strange, but he scored two goals already this year. Um, their fixtures, their next six fixtures, he's got West Ham away, Newcastle at home, Wolves away, Burnley at home, West Brom away, and then Crystal Palace at home just look lovely against a lot of teams that cannot score goals at the moment. He's been great for me this year. I've been really, really happy. You know, this week he didn't keep the clean sheet. They conceded three goals, but he he got a goal um, and got me eight points. So I've been really, really happy owning him this year. And actually, I've been quite happy owning the double Aston Villa defence as well. They they perform for me in weeks that I will, I'm quite surprised they perform for me in. So, yeah, Concert would be my pick. And do you know who they rotate really well with? It's it's Arsenal. If you if you look at like a Villa defender with an Arsenal defender, because I was looking at this earlier, you can get a rotation of Wolves, Newcastle, as in they play Wolves, then Newcastle, Burnley, Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Brighton, West Brom. And it's not that it's not that expensive to get maybe concert or even Target, and you could pair them with Bellerin or Gabriel or something. Um, as long as it's like not it. Branislav Ivanovic, I don't care, Rich. To be honest. Well, we haven't we haven't got to my one yet, Josh. So <laughs> we're going to you next, mate. <laughs> right? um, I think Luke, um, Luke and Andy have both have both nailed the ones I would have come up with. Really, particularly Reese James and Creswell. I think um, both both great options, both really good value and expect them to tick over nicely to the end of the season, really. Yeah, and for, um, for me, I mean, obviously I've got three Chelsea defenders. Um, I'm not going to mention Ivanovic, although they do have good good short-term stop fixtures. Stop it, just stop there. <laughs> I think Castagna is quite interesting. And Van Arnholt, again, you know, they've got short-term, they've got pretty good fixtures. Obviously, Castagne has this hamstring injury and wasn't quite back yesterday. And Leicester didn't look that great defensively. But it's just those upcoming fixtures, you know, the short-term fixtures for Leicester. Um, they could be pretty good. But that that Arsenal-Villa rotation, if I moved away from Chelsea, that could be something I'd strongly consider over Christmas. Um, just depends how many transfers you want to use in defence. But, I mean, Saiz, you know, if you've got him, he, he needs to go. Um, so we'll move on to our final question. It's from Oliver O'Mahony, and it's what to do with Andy Carroll. So personally, I've got triple Chelsea defence, so I would like to thank him and thank him very much um, that he didn't bust my clean sheet at the weekend. Um, what about you, Luke? Oh, I think Andy Carroll is, is a majestic footballer with wonderful hair and you should probably keep <laughs> him. You know, Palace, Villa, West Brom, Leeds and Fulham in the next five. If you've got him in your team now, you've, got, you've probably got to keep him, haven't you? <laughs> well, like, if you've kept him for this long, you, those five games coming up, you've just got to hope that Wilson is injured for a long period of time and they give Andy some minutes. You know, he can... Uh, He's a he's a he's a, a wonderful wonderful footballer. Keep him. <laughs> what about you, Andy? Obviously, you've got Callum Wilson or 
<laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm expecting Wilson to be back next week. Um, yeah, I think if you've got Andy Carroll, definitely keep him because it would be lovely to know that there are managers out there with Andy Carroll starting him so I can slowly move up the ranks above you. I, do you know, I triple captained him once. The only fail I've ever had. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. I don't know if anyone else did that. I'm guessing not. I thought my Kane one that you mentioned earlier was bad. Yeah, it's, it's the only blank triple captain I've had. I don't know what happened there, really. I could have got... That was the Payet season as well. <laughs> what a player. Yeah, he was a player, but yeah. I mean, what do you think about Andy Carroll? Or, uh, have we spent too long on this? I mean, I think he's... I've just looked him up. I mean, I, I you know, to uh, go through his minutes is pretty bad. I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure whether this question was a bit of a joke or it was actually serious. It was definitely a joke. I think so. If it is serious, though, I think the only way to go is to downgrade him to Rian Brewster and um, take the point seven saving and, uh, yeah, get I out. Hope it, I hope it wasn't serious. Otherwise, he's probably got Ivanovic in his team as well. And he's... <laughs> but probably we'll as if he's to... been listening to you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but we'll move on to our feedback. Um, so Carlos from podstatus.com sent us an email um, saying that in the category of sports, FPL Surgery are the 20th ranked podcast in Barbados, 19th ranked podcast in Qatar, 13th ranked podcast in Tanzania, uh, 10th ranked podcast in Albania, that rhymes, and 4th ranked podcast in Kenya. So thank you to people listening in those countries. We're going to move on now to our partner chat. So Mikhail Tokram's algorithm. Now we don't have um, the information sent across for the Iceman's team. But if you'd like to have a look at the algorithm, you can just go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign up code of surgery15. So all you need to do is go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. You can sign up there for 15% off using that code capital letters surgery15. And of course, we're partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles one on Twitter. And Doodles does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. So trapped-ins are transfers and captains. So if we go to you first of all. Yes, so at the moment, I think I'm most probably going to be doing Rashford to Kevin De Bruyne. Um, And funnily enough, it's only after listening to to you guys talking, I'm really, really tempted to take Barkley out of my team and bring Jota in. I thought you were going to say Andy Carroll then. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm really tempted to bring Carroll in for Wilson. no, I'm really tempted to take Barkley out for Jota for a minus four. Um, I'm going to be waiting for all the Champions League fixtures to, to finish first, obviously. Um, but I'm just looking at it and thinking if I can get Jota in and then wait two weeks and bring Salah in as well, I think that midfield could look quite tasty. So that's what I'm probably going to do. And then captain will probably be, De Bru- be between De Bruyne and Fernandes. And I'm probably going to be edging towards De Bruyne. Brilliant. I like it. And yeah, I don't think Jota seems like too much of a risk i mean i know there's always the the worry that he gets dropped but i mean his his stats look insane um yeah it'll be rested more than dropped at the moment i think it will be in that form won't it yeah i mean i think for that price i think like like we said earlier i don't think you can compare him to to foden i think that's that's really like really unfair on jota but luke what are you thinking for your transfers and, and your captain yeah so the key to my plans this week is to get kevin de bruyne into my side i've got 4.1 million sitting in the bank um and i'll be taking a minus four to move some funds from jimenez into my midfield the the move is either going to be bowen and jimenez to de bruyne and the striker hopefully antonio if we know he's fit or uh 
Burke and Jimenez to Kevin De Bruyne and Brewster. So it's it completely revolves around getting De Bruyne into my side because I I want him for these nice up upcoming fixtures. The the difficulty I have is is with the captain where I'm not sure between Sterling and De Bruyne. I really like the upside of Sterling, but I, I feel like I'm already gaining enough just by owning Sterling at at five percent. It's it's whether I I'm brave enough to take that risk. I'm I'm really not sure yet. We both captain Sterling. What was it? Was it two weeks ago when we both had him captain? Yeah, away at and, Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think you enjoyed it as much as I did. No. <laughs> but so, so maybe that's your answer. But yeah, yeah, I guess we've got to wait for the European games. Um, what, what what are you thinking, Josh? I'm fairly happy to be honest. I obviously took a minus eight last week, so I'm 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 quite happy with it. Really, I could make the simple move of of Mane back to Salah. Um, if I want to improve my defence, I could finally get rid of um, injury-ravaged Samus Coleman, who sits third on my bench at the moment. But I'm quite tempted just to to roll with um, with what I've got, really. Um, yeah, nothing uh, nothing major needs to be done. Captain-wise, I'm on De Bruyne um, at the moment. I'm just very interested to see how City look midweek, and um, and yeah, make some uh, decisions based on that, really. Awesome. And yeah, for me, I've got a bit of a weird situation this week. I'm I'm very happy with my team. I've still got this triple Chelsea defence, but obviously they're playing um, they're playing Spurs and I've got Kane and Son as well. So oh, I, th- I think I'm leaning towards I'm just going to play the three Chelsea defenders. I'm going to play Kane and Son as well. And what will be will be, um, you know, I like them all as individual assets and I don't want to remove a Tottenham asset just because I've got Chelsea defenders. I did look at maybe moving Zuma to Castagna or Van Aanholt, but I, th- I think it's just wasting the transfer just because I've got so many players in one game, and I think I'd I think I'd end up regretting it. So I think I'm going to roll. Obviously, I've got the three City lads. I've got Sterling, I've got De Bruyne, and I've got Foden already. So the armband's obviously between Sterling and De Bruyne, and at the moment it's on Sterling. You know, he's at that four percent ownership. He he can be explosive. You know, we've seen it before. But I think a lot of that's going to be dictated with what happens midweek. And as long as I'm confident Sterling starting, I'm going to captain him. Otherwise, De Bruyne is not a bad, not a bad second option. So if we move on to our differential picks, who's, who's your differential pick for this game week? Well, you've you've literally just mentioned him. He's he's owned by 4.6% of managers, uh, and it's Raheem Sterling. I never ever thought I'd be able to mention Raheem Sterling as a, as a differential. <laughs> it feels like it's cheating. Because I I saw this when um Josh sent me the schedule earlier, and I saw Sterling on there. I was yeah I was a, I was a bit shocked, but I guess we got to let you have it. He is he is a differential. <laughs> he is. He's a he's a proper differential. I mean. I, I usually do a bit of a differential table on Twitter and it's usually under 3% owned. So the fact I could pick Raheem Sterling at 4.6% <laughs> made me feel quite happy. So but, this is um, easy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I, I just look at his fixtures and Burnley at home, Fulham at home, then Man United away, West Brom at home, Southampton away, Newcastle at home. They just look like Raheem Sterling fixtures. And I've just got this image, you know, Burnley, Fulham, even Man United and then West Brom of people getting, you know, the City players getting to that byline, cutting it back and Sterling tapping it in. And I, I I almost do feel more confident that Sterling is going to get returns in those fixtures than someone like De Bruyne. The thing is, is obviously De Bruyne is completely nailed, whereas Sterling has had his rest, but God knows how often Pep feels like he needs to be rested. But 
for me, I think, especially just for game week 10, looking at that Burnley game, I, I, I can see him getting a few goals. If he starts, I don't see why he can't. And if we're all talking about the fact that City should be starting to go on a bit of an uptick and, you know, can explode in any game week, if there's anybody that's one of the most explosive players in the game, it's Raheem Sterling. And if you've got him as captain as well, I, I think, you know, there's no better pick this week, really. Yeah, I'll take any of his goals. I mean, I remember his hat-trick against Brighton, even that where he had a oh. header. I think he fell over, didn't he? And he did, headed yeah. It in. But, but yeah, take anything. Take anything from him. Yeah. <laughs> so, Luke, uh, who's your differential? Yeah, my differential's slightly less exciting. I know I know, Josh isn't impressed at all. Um, I've gone for, for Ruben Diaz at, at Manchester City. I was looking at City's defensive stats over the last few years, and they, they keep clean sheets 48 0.2% of the time over the past three seasons. So for me, if, if you can find a Manchester City defender for 5.5 to 6 million, that's pretty much nailed. You might as well just put him in your team and, and let him sit there. The, the fixtures that City have got, I really wouldn't be surprised if they kept seven or eight clean sheets in the next 12 to 15 games, similar to the way Liverpool did last year over that, that nice period where they had, what, 10 or 11 clean sheets in 12 mm. or 13. I think City could could rival that and he's he's not bad with regards to goal threat either he recently scored a brace for, for Portugal and he, he scored nine goals in 90 games for Benfica so one in 10 if, if this season you said to me he's going to get put him in your team now he'll get your 12 to 15 clean sheets and three or four goals that's that's great value for 5.5 million and you know it's it's not as exciting as Sterling but it's the sort of player long term that everyone wants in their team just ticking along with nice points yeah no I like it I like it and Josh what about you I've gone for Harvey Barnes um because I think that obviously that Leicester Fulham fixture we've already mentioned it with Vardy is a, is a great fixture um main reason is because um actually at the weekend uh all of Fulham's goals that they conceded against Everton all came down their right, I could say, or Everton's left. Uh, uh, two assists for Dina and an assist for Richarlison. So I can see um, Barnes having some joy there. And I think it's, it's, it's quite well known that Fulham are weak down that side. So I think he could uh, he could definitely profit there. Nice. And my one, he's, he's slightly higher owned, um, but obviously I had to go last. Um, so I mentioned him earlier. It's Castagna. If he's fit, he's only 9% owned. And I mean, they've got, Obviously, incredible fixtures. They've got that Fulham game, Sheffield United, then Brighton. He's someone I, I'm probably going to roll, but I, I would consider him um, as, a, as a Zuma replacement in the short term. I mean, obviously, he looked incredible the first few weeks of the season, um, FPL-wise anyway. So, yeah, I guess that's the end of the pod, really. So please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is 439HW9. That code again. 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter. The Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. You can subscribe on iTunes and please remember to rate the podcast five stars. And finally, you can email us. Our email address now is FPL Surgery Podcast at gmail.com. So, Luke and Andy, thank you so much for coming on this week. Um, so, if we go to you, Andy, um, how can people find you on Twitter and what's the podcast that you do? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is FPL Mode. Uh, I've been on Twitter now for yeah coming on two years and it's been it's been pretty awesome so I'm always happy to talk to people on there. Uh, we do a, a pod so me and Luke uh, are part of a, a little group called the Wolfpack and we 
do a pod every Tuesday night and it's usually available Tuesday night as well. And we basically go through and we talk to all of the group about their predictions for the games that are happening that game week. And then we do an average score for each game. And then we talk through how we think all the players are going to do based on those predictions. Um, and we also do community questions and we, we just have a bit of a laugh, really. I know, you know, the surgery pod is is very prestigious and it's, it's um, all about making sure that we're, we're offering the best advice. Whereas the wolf pod, we do offer advice, but we, we have, we have a bit of a laugh and, uh, and yeah, take the mickey sometimes too. So do, do come along and, and give us a listen. We, we'd love to have a few more listeners, especially a few more community questions would be absolutely fantastic. And yeah, we hope to carry it on for, for quite a while, but thank you very much for having us. Cause uh, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed tonight. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, Andy. And oi, oi. And, oi, oi. Li- and and Luke, um, how can people find you on Twitter? And obviously you and Andy also, not only are you doing that podcast, but you're doing this championship manager, championship manager stream every Thursday as well. So can you just explain like, you know, what that is? Yeah, no, you'll, you'll find me on Twitter, FPL Irons. Um, on Thursday nights for championship manager, we stream on YouTube at the uh, Fantasy Champman YouTube account. We, we just have a laugh, really, for two and a half hours. That We have some incredible graphics created by um, FPL Captain. That, that We are, in essence, our own little Gillette Soccer Saturday. It's It really is amazing. We're slightly less professional than Jeff Stelling. We talk about some uh, <laughs> rather strange things at times when there's, there's not goals going in. But that's part of the fun, really. You know, it's it's a lot more laid back than the FPL community. We're just, in, you know, it's it's ridiculous. We've, we own players like mark poom and and it's 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 crazy and we just have a bit of a laugh so if if that seems up your street then yeah you know get involved make a team and and come watch us on thursday nights it's great fun there we go and mark southerns was a was a big fan of big fan of it as well oh amazing Um, yeah no thank you thank you for coming on luke not a problem no it's great i always love chatting to you boys and uh yeah we're we're missing you on the wolf pad well on the wolf pod but uh it's nice to see you uh spreading your wings Thank you, mate. <laughs> Cheers, boys. <laughs> and Josh has just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. I oh, see without the camera, I don't know if he's there or not. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no as well. Yeah. We had to pause the other week when we had um, Neil Murray on because um, Josh's hamster um, got sick. Sorry, just making sure my phone was on silent. You never know. Well, on the same lines, Captain didn't come onto the stream until 10 minutes to 8 because uh, he was washing his cat. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. What? I don't wash cats. <laughs> I don't know. His cat's sick and needs three washes a week or something. Oh, God. All right.